Hey, hey, Twister Hoover here, and I'm so excited to share to you stories, anecdotes, and truths from the sacred writ that intertwine with our daily realities. This is Cross Radio, and welcome to the podcast that's all about the Christocentric word to the Christo needing world. My name is Twister Hover, and on my hand is a flask of hot brewed coffee mixed with virgin coconut oil. You should try this, guys. Weird for some, but I find this very good. I will be the host and moderator for today's discussion, where we gather together, although with different time zones, locations, varying beliefs, personalities, and even life stories, we will huddle up and give you our theme for today, Christ, Christianity, and COVID-19. How the resurrection is still alive in today's global pandemic. Although we have differences, we are under the same name, same faith, same Lord Jesus Christ. That is why this is geared to encourage all believers and churches, big or small, far or near, mega or mini, foreign or local, to huddle up in celebration of the heart of the Christian faith. With me are a few of my friends all over the globe. And because we cannot meet together in one studio, we opted to gather together by a Zoom conference call. So I'm not alone today. And this is so special because as the body of Christ all over the globe, we cannot stop celebrating the epicenter of our Christian faith, which is, of course, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Without further ado, let me introduce my friend. And as I will, I will introduce them, actually one by one. They will be sharing a little bit of the coffee that they are bringing with them today. Kape means kwentuhan. As, as we know here in the Philippines, kape tayo means usap tayo. Now this is online table talk over co- coffee and I'm so excited. So let me begin. Let me start with number one, Dennis Cortez, a lawyer and a preacher, an elder at Ictus East. Attorney. Hello, Twister. I'm here right now in my uh, residence in Villa Angela, Bacolod City. I'm drinking a cup of plain coffee sweetened uh, with artificial sugar. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Attorney. Um, and now next on the list, we have Kiano Rosales, a youth minister and a blogger at Kabangkalan. Kiano. Hello, Twist. Good day. Today, I'm with me with my black coffee. Um, and also inviting everyone to have a coffee, coffee with us. All right, uh, that's a very good invitation, Kiano. Next on the list, we have Fran Marie Makainan, who is an active nurse, a frontliner there at uh, at London. Fran. Hi. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm currently having my freshly brewed coffee with hot chocolate at early morning here in London, so I'm inviting everyone to grab their own cup of coffee as you listen um, to uh, God's Word and as we share about the goodness of the Lord through this podcast. Wow, coffee with chocolate. That's very nice. Uh, We have next on the list, um, Senya Lagtapon, a medical doctor, one of the frontliners here today's COVID-ridden society. Dr. Senya. Cappuccino to combat the sweltering heat of the summer here in Bacolod City. (laughs) Thank you. 
And next on the list, we have um, Darrell Roque, a pastor, a disciple maker, <laughs> and part of the staff of Ictus East. Pastor Darrell. Good uh, morning to everyone. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And uh, here, I am drinking root coffee with creamer. Okay, thank you, Pastor Darrell. And right now, we will move to New York, um, the city that is now half asleep, I think. Um, we have Ionico <laughs> Del Mundo, a theologian, an educator, and a good friend of mine. Um, they are at the epicenter of the pandemic uh, in the U.S. Nico. Hi, Twist. Um, I'm here with an imaginary coffee because we're <laughs> broadcasting live at 1.40 a.m. How am I supposed to drink coffee? But it, this is what I normally drink and would have drank. It's a hazelnut coffee and it's a chicken black. So. I hope you can see it, guys. That was was that is that Folgers? Oh yeah, Folgers? it was Folgers. Yep, Folgers hazelnut, good coffee. I I can still remember we would drink coffee, brewed coffee, brewed black coffee in front of our university. That was just a, a six or a ten oh, peso yeah. coffee, right? A ten peso coffee. Mm-hmm. Now you're drinking Folgers. <laughs> 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 that that's good. I hope you guys are also having your coffee, and while drinking your coffee, you can sit back, relax, and listen to how we actually dive deep into what is happening right now in the world and face it with the Word of God. We are so excited to share these things to you and we are so excited not because um, we know a lot of things but simply because like you, we are also asking the same questions. What is the implication of the resurrection especially in what is happening all around us right now? In fact, I, I have this first question for all of us. And this first question is really critical because um, this is what we are also asking. So the first question, allow me to pop in right away, our first question. What's the implication of the COVID-19 right now for the churches all over the globe? Let me just um, um, put it this way. We are having mixed responses all over the globe. There are churches who take it all too well and are obeying the government protocols. There are some who are still meeting via online, just like what we are doing right now. The pastors, um, with a small team that is not considered a mass gathering, would still conduct church services with preaching, music, singing, even online tithing. There are others, very few, who are meeting in some places underground to honor their own interpretation of Hebrews 10.25, to not give up in meeting together. I also heard that there was one pastor who was imprisoned there in the U.S. I don't know if that's true, Nick, um, because uh, yes. he gathered um, his church together. One here in the Philippines, I've heard, um, where they physically gathered together in mass service with more or less than a thousand parishioners present. So he was also imprisoned. Some to the extent saying that if you just have faith, the virus will not touch you. Adding these lines, in Jesus' name, and uh, together with a long babble of words. Then some, to the extreme, shouting out, Judgment! They say that this is the Lord's judgment to this sinful world. Almost everybody's theology 
life's philosophy and pathology is revealed by COVID-19. How do we make sense of all these things? What is the implication of this global pandemic right now for all the churches worldwide? So I will have to ask um, this question to you guys. I will just be giving the question and you guys will be answering, praise the Lord. So I will start, I think, with, with Nico. Nick, are you okay there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just coming in from the pandemic, literally the, the pandemic of the virus here in USA, I think... You know, I've been reading an article once on the internet. I think it was in in Together for the Gospel or Gospel Coalition, where it says it will never be the same. You know, the churches will never be the same after this incident, after what happened with the virus and everything else. And frankly speaking, because it it exposed a lot of you know what we thought we had and what we thought um, I think what what the churches thought that they had and they could have um, you know just the easy convenient the convenience of churches and especially here in America where you'll see a lot of churches mega churches big churches that have grown um, very lenient and um, so I'll start with probably some implications as what you said with churches all over the globe. I think the, the, the virus has touched our own realization that we are our own illusion of stability. Um, let, let's put it that way. Our own uh, illusion of stability. I, uh, I remember, let me, let me put it up here. Uh, James 4, 13 to 16. Um, come now, you can say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town, spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, right? And I think this verse brings light to to this, to what what's the thing going on right now. And if you look at things closely, uh, yeah, we have no stability and the churches aren't stable. Even the churches here in America where every people or at least what they think they had is, is stable, but then none of that is stable even now. I think one other thing, and maybe I'll just add a few, a few as you can add a little bit of this after me, um, is maybe it placed us in the corner of humility um, how do I say this? You know, with we're with all the distractions stripped away, with you know us being in quarantine and um, our job. You know, most of the people that had jobs now they got to stay at home. It left us hanging under the mercy of God. You know, we, we have nothing. We have complete, we have to depend on God. And especially here in the culture, here in America, especially in New York City, where it's a culture of, of independence. I think Fran would, could say a little bit more of this because she's also in, 
the Western country where people are, tend to be more independent. And for that, you know, with what happened with coronavirus, I think the church all over the globe is now realizing that this, this is an illusion. Um, we are never independent. And the churches need to maybe, you know, up their game and how they think through uh, uh, worship. Oh, yeah. So what I was saying, um, I think one other thing that the virus has done to the churches is made it realize what it was like when, you know, the Jews were in exile. I mean, if you really looked at what's going on, you know, God judged Israel and Judah because of their sins. And that, you know, and that, that was repeated uh, almost every time in Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Daniel. And the, 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 how the Lord said that was that so that they would know that I am God. And look what God did. God judged the churches because they were taking for granted what the church was like. They were taking for granted what worship was like. And now the Lord took that privilege from them. And I was asking of people around here, you know, the churchgoers, the normal churchgoers, now that they can't go to church, they couldn't do praise and worship, now they're dying to go to church. And they wanted to go to worship. They missed the fellowship. They missed the the communion, you know, with believers. They missed the church in general. And I think that's what the Lord is doing, um, you know, or at least that's the implication of coronavirus with the churches right now. We need to learn what worship was like or what it felt like or the importance of it. And um, it, this is a nice reminder, actually. And, I don't. I don't know, guys. If you have any other thoughts on that, I think Noxenia is raising her hand. Hello, I agree with Nico the humility part because uh, uh, for us churches uh, with this COVID nineteen going on, it's really it's like we are being stripped away of the things that we think are the things that make true worship. Uh, as a church, we are being challenged when all things are being taken away. Our ability to meet physically with one another, our physical churches, our praise and worship songs, will our worship of the Lord still be the same? That's an action that is faced by us churches. Um, will our view of the character of God also change because of these changing times? Or, you know, it could go either way. It could be strengthened all the more as we anchor ourselves more to the living God who, you know, His love, His character does not change regardless what happens here on earth. Or will we suffer? And will will we also, you know, will our worship also dwindle as these things are taken away from us? So it reveals to us, it reveals to us the church where we anchor our worship on. Okay, thank you very much, Doc Senya. So, most of uh, what Nico have actually said and Doc Senya have been saying is that there is there will be changes in how the church will operate from this point forward. 
but we still remain on standing on firm foundations, which is the unchanging character of God. We have Giano, who's also raising hands again. Hi. Uh, just to piggyback on what Nico and Doc said, uh, if there's anything that uh, somehow was revealed in this times of pandemic is it's the justice of God when it comes to sin. You know, this sometimes often neglected uh, part of his uh, character. And so somehow people have this uh, idea that uh, God is just all loving, all gracious, and all merciful. But sometimes we also forget the God of the Bible, which is what Nico has said earlier, that he judged his peoples for their sins because he cares how he is worshipped. And so somehow I believe one of the implications of COVID-19 is that people are awakened to this part of God, this God who cannot, whom you cannot put in a box who cannot be domesticated, as we can say. This God who does things as he wants, whenever he wants it. And so somehow I believe at the same time, this this causes awe and fear in the hearts of genuine believers, seeing that this is the kind of God that is portrayed in the Bible. And we, can, and we are seeing it now uh, in real time happening in our lives. So I think uh, somehow this evokes real worship, as we can see also in the Bible. Because usually, when we say when we see these things happening in the Bible, there's always this uh, coming after it, a humbling and a fearing of God, a heightened sense of awe when it comes to the Almighty. So it's like saying that whatever humbles the church is actually good for the church. Whatever it is that makes the church kneel down in front of a God who is worthy to be worshipped is good for the church. And uh, what what Keanu has, uh, has said, that we go back to the character of God that is just. Do you have something to say? All right. So I... Second, what Nico and um, Giano and Luxenia said that um, I think what this pandemic has um, taught us and taught the churches as well is that I think every one of us have come to the realization that um, the church is not inclusive inside the buildings of our churches. So as Christians, each one of us is the church. And um, I think... um, what's going on right now is the examination to see if have we done our assignments as Christians for uh, the past couple of years we uh, this pandemic may be unprecedented we may not have seen this coming but as Christians we should have been prepared and um, we should have been equipped on um, how to deal with this and how to continue to reach out despite um, with all the restricting means of reaching out and meeting with other people and um, this has also made us realize that we should not be uh, compliant and, and we should not be complacent on 
what we usually do. Like, for example, I've um, attended here some big churches and small churches as well. Um, the same thing um, in their back home. Um, we're so used to having the week set out. We know uh, the program flow or what are we going to do every Sundays. What's going to be the message for what's uh, going to be the flow of the event. But um, now all of us are adjusting. All of us are um, thinking of other possible ways and how can we continue the church while the crisis is going on. So it could no longer be the norm and it now evolves on a day-to-day basis. Like on the first few weeks, what we're doing is we just uh, limited the uh, number of attendees. We encouraged people to stay at home if you're sick. If not, you can otherwise come, but we tried to limit fellowships, handshaking. After the service, we tried to just end it and then go home. And then a couple of weeks later, we discontinued temporarily the church service itself. So um, most of the people who participate on the program of the church are the ones who come in and um, like continue to perform or like the worship team and then the pastor at the same time. And then another week later, it has evolved to having everything recorded. So it is ever-changing and it goes with flexibility to everyone and to the people in the church and how can we adjust into these things but the bottom line in there is that all these things might have changed already but God doesn't the Lord doesn't change his heart is still the same and uh, we could miss the church we could miss the fellowships and all the people but you shouldn't miss God amidst all of this because you should have that intimate relationship with him even without being able to go to church and right now is i think the examination of each and everyone's hearts okay thank you very much fran so what what we are trying to look forward here is is that the church is going back to the essentials the church is actually gearing itself back to what makes Christianity Christianity although doing the modern stuff is not wrong in itself but sometimes when when we are faced with crisis just like this global pandemic we, we see that the things that we are so used to doing may not really be part of the essentials and then that's why God is stripping us off just as what Boxenia has said. We are we have been stripped off by God. And just like the song Art of Worship, when the music fades and all is stripped away, we simply come to, to the heart of worship. Um, we go Attorney, do you have something to say? Actually, yeah. I, 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 I missed a lot of uh, the comments and sharing I, I've just uh, gotten back I was trying to uh, find out how I could uh, transfer this to uh, my pro account but, but, but anyway I, I do have uh, some comments with respect to your first question a while ago 
regarding the implications of this for the church? I don't know if we're still in the first question. Yes, yes, attorney. We're still in the first question. Okay. The, the problems involved are both doctrinal and uh, practical, no? So the doctrinal issue involved has something to do with uh, Christians' understanding of uh, faith and obedience, especially with respect to the command to assemble together regularly. And uh, the example you gave a while ago uh, seems to me that uh, some Christians think it would be disobedient for them. It would be an act of disobedience to God if they were to obey the government regarding this enhanced uh, quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And uh, I don't really know how to react to that because, and, and the other thing you said, uh, uh, they say it will be a lapse in faith. It will be a lapse of faith if yeah. they uh, obey the government and not uh, gather physically together. So my, my that, that's a doctrinal issue yeah. and and without trying to engage in a dispute or a debate I, I don't want to judge their faith in God but I'm entitled to my view and I think this might be harsh to say I think that is not that's, you know, there, there's a thin line sometimes between faith and presumption yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Faith, faith has to be grounded or founded on something really objective and in order for in order for you to determine whether uh, your faith is really valid you have to make sure that the object of your faith is really solid no so you have to have the correct interpretation and my thinking is uh, it, it's possible for you to have a flexible and faithful application of that command to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together because because we live in a unique time, I think it requires a unique approach, which is yeah. still, yeah. what is this, preserves our faithfulness to the command. Okay, and, and there's another command to consider. It's the, it's the command to love. If we physically gather together at this time, we will be harming people, and I, I, I don't think that's very loving. loving yeah. And if I were to combine this with what you said about faith, uh, about Somebody said something about the essentials. Uh, in this unique time, and it's a temporary time, I think we can preserve the essential of still being able to communicate and with one another and being uh, in contact with one another and sharing with one another the graces and gifts which God has given us online only for this time. So, and so I, so maybe that's the key word, no? In this unique time, uh, let's not take a simplistic approach. Let's let's adopt a flexible and yet faithful application of that verse about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together because you have other factors to consider. It's not just, you know, naked obedience. It's also obedience taking into consideration love, wisdom, and prudence. We should be as wise as serpents, and at the same time, as innocent as doves. Thank you very much, Attorney. That was uh, very good. Oh, we have Roslyn, Yolanda, Yolanda here, and we are we are actually right in the middle of our first question. And Roslyn is a 
a nurse there in 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 London, and you will just uh, move along, right, Rose? And you will just catch up. With yeah. That. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we will still have Pastor Darrell to give us the answer to this. Pastor Darrell, are you still okay there? Yeah. Uh, let me state it again. One of the implications that I have uh, reflected in the past. Uh, it gives me more awareness of our true hope. I mean, as I reflect on the situation, uh, COVID-19 and all sufferings in this uh, life create a greater anticipation to the true hope that we have in God, in Christ. The present sufferings must lead us to look forward to our future hope. That's all. Yeah. Yes, Pastor. Our pandemic today creates greater anticipation that our true light is hidden in Christ. Okay. Our hope doesn't reside here. I I really love that, Pastor. Um, reminds me of maybe a renewed focus for churches. Yeah. Um, that's one other implication that I thought of just right off the bat is, yeah, I mean, some churches they talk about church building i mean it's not it's not bad in its sense but most of the time you hear churches talking about you know how do we do how do we invite more people uh where are we going to celebrate our next anniversary um where are we you know all this other stuff it, it is important to understand those but then you know what's really important and it's it's the gospel it's jesus it's yeah, I think just a renewed focus on that. I think if we if we will try to summarize everything that we have just said, before we will allow, we will let Nurse Roselyn also share her her story there in London as uh, one of the frontliners who has actually faced COVID patients for for quite some time. What we have just said, most of us here, since we are going back to the essentials. We are trying to, to adjust ourselves a little bit to the circumstances that is happening, as what Attorney has been saying, temporarily. Temporary circumstances. We have, I mean, said a while ago in Hebrews 10, 25, what the other churches were trying to say that we must not neglect meeting or we must not give up in meeting together. But in context of that verse, on the previous verse, verse 24, the issue is actually loving. Loving one another. So it is really important to know a certain passage in context. For example, um, not give up meeting one another because it is, it is the writer of Hebrews, sorry, the, the author of Hebrews, trying to stir us up into loving one another. And if we will try to meet with one another in churches, especially right now, it is not loving. You might endanger that person. Am I right, attorney? Is that what you were trying to say? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, yes, that's that's right. But let, let me just add something. The situation right now is ideal. We are we are talking about the essentials. Yeah. Actually, as far as the long-term view is concerned, embodied fellowship, person-to-person -person, uh, contact and uh, gathering and fellowship, is to my mind actually essential. Because actually, even in heaven, we will be given, I mean, in, in the next age, we will be given glorified bodies. Mm -hmm. the, the, 
eternity. The fellowship in eternity will be a physical and uh, close. Uh, uh, what's this uh, fellowship? So, so in a, in a, in a sense, uh, w- what is really happening is in a sense deplorable because uh, one of the elements of that essential physical uh, fellowship has been we have been deprived of. But my thinking is this is a necessary concession that preserves the spirit of the law even though it discards the letter. So the letter says you should uh, physically gather together. But at this time, we cannot but adopt this necessary concession because of the harm that would happen if we do not adopt this concession. But that, that's just the key word. The situation is not ideal. Physical fellowship, I think, in the long term, is essential or ultimately is essential. The present situation is a concession, okay, that preserves the spirit of the command even if it temporarily discards the letter. So, so it's a matter of of proper interpretation and putting it on its right context and culturally also adapting what the Bible is trying to tell us with what the verse um, we are trying to not just expound but to to live with and yeah yes okay L- let me add to that you've you've brought up the issue you've brought up the issue of hermeneutics and uh, interpretation interpretation should not be merely academic as if you were yeah. doing nothing but yeah. analyze the inferences deductions and implications which you can derive or draw from letters no yeah. you have to connect words to the, the actual environment to what is actually is happening and that's why you have to you have to integrate this idea of concession concession yes. in, in fact is a biblical uh, uh, idea that happens i mean I, I don't have to bring in those things uh, right now no but i think it's biblical i think it's necessary we are not you know we are not merely minds we are living in a real world with real problems and when you interpret the bible you have to make that integration between letters spirit and actual circumstances okay that's a very good point that's that's somehow a, a good analysis of of what we are trying to do here at cross radio this is not just simply analyzing a word this is analyzing a word not just in its context but analyzing everything else wherein the word itself is before we just move to our second question let me just share a, a brief thing here we have Roslyn who's also from London and who has faced the horrors of COVID uh, in, a, in a brief statement Nurse Roslyn will share to us a little bit of COVID experience and uh, how the churches are, are actually thriving there because of it. Rose? Hi, um, hi everyone. Um, well, actually just an update. I'm actually on my um, day, day six now of being in self-isolation because uh, for the last two weeks, um, I looked after COVID positive patients. It's basically a COVID um, COVID ward, so all of the patients are COVID positive. And um, here in the UK, sadly, um, it's actually one of the common complaints of the nurses here because the frontliners are not being given enough PPE compared to what we have there in the Philippines, and that's that's the hard truth that we are facing here every day. So it's like 
when you go out to work every day, you're you're just praying that you won't catch it. And um, unfortunately, last Saturday I came off from a shift with a really high fever, 38.5, and then I was um, I was swabbed for COVID testing. The swab actually came back negative, but I was advised to um, be in isolation for the next seven days. And then he just called me yesterday that I need to do another re-swab because um, I'm still experiencing COVID symptoms. I still have fever, um, no chest pain, no shortness of breathing or anything, praise God. But um, it's just the on and off fever that's just really making me frustrated, to be honest. Well, um, honestly, being a frontliner is really, really difficult, especially when you're away from your family. That's one of the emotional, I think, the one of the emotional impacts that we're always facing. I'm not saying only for myself, but I think all the frontliners everywhere, even in the Philippines. And then, um, yeah, the thought, of course, that you know you're you're going out each day to to face COVID-positive patients, and you don't know that your life is being put at risk as well because you don't know you might get it when you get home you know and um yeah it becomes real actually because like two days ago i just i just heard the news about my very close friend who i've worked before in um, the previous hospital that i worked like three years ago um he was actually found dead in his flat he was in self-isolation and he was he's, he's been in the um service for the last 15 18 years and um, it was really sad because I was I was actually praying. I was saying to the Lord that um, it's actually a very bad way to go, you know. And it becomes so real each time that you learn about someone who got the disease and died, especially if you've got a close friend who had it. So yeah, it's um, it's it's not only a physical testing, but it's a play on your mind and your spirituality as well as a Christian. Um, each time that I have this fever and chills episodes, um, I always came to a point that I always trust God. That I, Lord, uh, I was praying for complete healing, but I'm, you know, my body's telling me a different thing, and I know that You promised that You will heal me, but it's not what I'm feeling. But then, um, God is still good because um, I mean, I'm just thinking that I still thank You, Lord, because even if I have these symptoms, I'm not there in the hospital catching my breath and struggling to breathe even so yeah it's um it's hard but i know that, that god is still sustaining me every day and i'm always grateful for that for the churches one of your questions twist was about um um like what are the what are the things that um the churches are doing here in, in london um i actually belong to a local church here in london every nation stratford and um, just like any other churches, I think globally, every nation London has also adopted like online services, and we try to meet up online as well using Zoom and applications similar to this. Uh, yeah, I think as a Church of Christ in general, we just really have to be. How do I say this? We just have to be really adaptive to what's really going on with the world because um, what I already mentioned earlier. Um, even if we are supposed to be meeting like physically, but because given the circumstances, we really can't. So we just have to adjust and cope. And yeah, that's how we that's how we actually thrive as a church. I think. Thank you very much. This is one big example, right, attorney, of of 
trying to to see now the circumstances that is happening all around us. In fact, I have read an article uh, just a while ago wherein um, not hugging and not kissing is now a form of love. Uh, for especially for for the families, very good. It's just temporary, but this is this is reality. Beloved, our celebration of the resurrection is every day. We are reminded that we celebrate it once a year to chronologically remember that this indeed happened as a historical fact: that Jesus died, was buried and rose again on the third day, the God who became flesh lived and died. But it did not end there. Christ is risen. Yes, He is risen. He is risen indeed. The COVID-19 today, the persecution during the times of the early church, and whatever it is that we face in the future, we will still celebrate His resurrection. We need it all the more especially now, or as Attorney Cortez said, quote, the resurrection is the swallowing up of death in the victory of Jesus Christ. And this is precisely what we need right now. Death seems to be prevailing, but no, we celebrate. We will celebrate the resurrection even in the quiet recesses of our hearts because we want to say that death does not have the final say, the coronavirus does not have the final say, the resurrection of Christ has the final say, end quote. Now, I read 1 Corinthians 15, 14 to 23. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true, that the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in, in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a, a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ should all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Again, you can email me at twisterhover at gmail.com for comments, suggestions, or any prayer request. We slice the segment of our Resurrection Sunday on three parts. Stay tuned in once again tomorrow for another edition of Cross Radio the Christocentric word to the Christo-needing world. Soli Deo Gloria.